The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Welcome to Intuitive Connections, where spirituality and psychology meet to help you be your best and brightest self. I'm your host, Victoria Shaw, and in each episode, I'll help you to awaken your own inner wisdom, step into your power, and live a more divinely inspired life. You're here to let your inner light shine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Intuitive Connection. You lucky, lucky, lucky listeners, you're lucky because we have a guest today and a guest that I'm really excited to chat with, Linda Samfire. And I'm going to read her bio as best that I can, and then we're going to launch into this beautifulness. Linda has worked in the healing arts for over 15 years as a transformational coach and intuitive healer. Most of the time, she has lived in wonder and curiosity of the mystical energy patterns and the power of human potential. Her own deep exploration within guided her to create a three-month consciousness program based on expansion, intuition, and opening the heart center. Linda teaches and mentors clients on clearing and repatterning of energy on the soul level, resulting in moving from struggle and survival to freedom and empowerment. Sounds good to me. In her program, she integrates her own inherent gifts of intuition and light language, which we're going to talk about today, as well as incorporating microdosing, plant medicine, integrating and mastering emotions, breath work, deep relaxation, and guided meditations. She applies simple tools to explore and expand trauma in the body, bringing about synergy between one's emotions and one's highest potential. Linda offers a beautiful space of compassion and honesty for one to explore heal and align to how one wishes to show up in the world. Love, love, love all of that. Linda, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. I'm so happy to be here and excited to talk and have a conversation. Me too. This is actually what I love to do. So I was just listening uh, prior to this, doing a little a little research to uh, interview that you did with my dear friend, Lisa McCourt on her podcast. And listeners want to check out another great podcast, you know, Do Joy with Lisa McCourt is always one of my first recommendations, but I was checking out your interview there and I was thinking a lot of the things that y'all were talking about kind of fueled into something that I've really been exploring a lot and wanting to do a solo episode on, but I figured, hey, I have a guest that would be perfect for this. <laughs> and it's around this idea of, you know, the felt sense and how we often experience our intuition, right? Not as words, not as concepts, but, you know, as something more. And of course, we all know that the words and the concepts are very human things. And when we free ourselves from this human mind, you know, there's an expansion that is just unexplainable to the human mind. And so oftentimes when we feel that the intuition needs to come through that intellectual channel, and sometimes it does, sometimes it does. But when we feel like that's the only way, we are dumbing it down. 
And what I love about a lot of the modalities that you work with is I think that there are all ways in which we can start to receive beyond the veil without having to necessarily immediately cram it into the pipeline of our conceptual, intellectual, and word-laden way of understanding life. Yeah, beautiful. I agree. Um, For myself, it always started out with just that inner knowing and I think that's one of the most difficult things to just kind of align yourself with because we are used to like, oh, I should be hearing words and that's not happening. So maybe I just don't have that gift, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. And just coming into that heart center space and connecting with that and that feeling, all of a sudden the trust just came in and it just all came together. And then you do start hearing and then you do start smelling and you do that inner knowing becomes so strong. And the inner knowing that you're describing, I'm going to have you flesh it out too, but what I think I'm understanding, or at least what that's meaning to me or what I'm thinking about based on my own experience is there are times when you just know stuff and you know it in your being, in your body, you don't know it in your mind. And sometimes the mind will very quickly give you a little interpretation. And sometimes those interpretations are also spot on. But there are times when I understand things like the fact that time is an illusion, right? I know this in my being. I can feel it. I can understand it with my being. But, you know, my mind is a little bit like, what? How would that work? And, you know, I also think that a lot of people get their intuitive guidance in a form of that felt sense, that knowing, that little prodding towards something or away from something else or, you know, different body sensations where you get the chills or you, you know, you get that constricted feeling in your stomach. And those kinds of knowing I think are the most primary. I think they're the strongest. I think they're the most actually important in how we navigate our lives, Um, but they're often the ones that are most overlooked. Most definitely. And plopping myself into a very conservative family where that was not nurtured and, you know, that side of it where you need proof or how do you know that? And it's just, I just know that it just resonates. And so it's that resonation of, well, of course, Um, That's a hard one to tap into Um, if we are in an environment growing up where that's not how things are done. So it is a programming and then a deprogramming in a sense, right? And that's what I went through. Once it clicks, however, that inner knowing, like you're like, oh, of course. And it's just all comes together. And it is a feeling. It is a vibration. It is chills coming through you and learning to listen to the sensations in your body and connect with that, bypassing the mind and what it defines as the words, right? Yeah. You said so much in there because I agree. We all come in knowing how to do that. And then early on, some of us more than others, but we all know, we all, we all are born with that, that connection. And then oftentimes early in life, you know something and someone tells you, no, you don't. No, you can't. How do you know that? And, you know, or they tell you, you need to know it this way and you shut it down. You lose touch with it. And I know a lot of the listeners relate to that because it's pretty darn universal. But in your experience, what helped you? What helped you to reconnect? Tell us a little bit about your story and your journey. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I'll just go back to age two. I lost my mother at a very young age. And so it always really connected me with like why we're here, death, all those subjects that people really (laughs) know. And early on, it was learning to keep your heads out of the clouds. And so really turning off that natural intuition and psychic abilities. 
What brought it forward was I did study psychology. I did study the mainstream scope and then moved over to clairvoyant training, energy training. And there was this, this feeling, first of all, just being around people that um, are like-minded, huge, that community. Because yes. then you're getting, oh, other people. Yes. So to pay attention who you're surrounding yourself as you're trying to cultivate the inner intuition. And being careful too about who you share what with, not because, you know, they can, they can take it away from you or anything. But I think in those early stages when, you know, those buds are really fragile and delicate, you know, you want to surround yourself by the people that are going to support you in this journey and not the ones that are going to just naysay. Exactly. And I, and I also feel in the beginning, I thought, oh, well, this is just a gift you have. You should, it should just happen. It should just work. However, it's, as you become a doctor, you practice, right? And you you study and you teach. So it's where you put your intention. And so as soon as I took clairvoyant classes, I did a lot of training, Reiki, and I just worked in that area and then allowed myself to um, be guided on what felt right. Like I didn't need to be this type of intuitive. I had my own center, my own guide, my own path. And as soon as I just let go of what it's supposed to look like, everything started coming in. I love that. I teach that so much. <laughs> I teach that so much because oftentimes and the first training that I had and people who've listened to the show a lot have heard me talk about this. The first training that I had when I set that intention was all about clairvoyance. So seeing, 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 everything was seeing oriented. And that was the last clear to develop for me. And I'm more of a feeler and I, I'm more of a healer and I've always just known, but the visions, the visual sense was the last to come online and it made me crazy. And they were also very anti-empath, which I understand because I was definitely someone who felt everything in the world to my own detriment and, and to the detriment of, of the useful parts of my intuition. So I get that. Um, but whenever I would use the word feel and I meant felt sense kinesthetic, they would be like, no, turn off your second chakra, stop feeling, you know, and I'd be like, but this is my gift guys. And so it was great that that was my first one out of the gate because it got me to recognize pretty early on, I needed to listen to my own calling and follow my own way of doing things. And that what other people were putting out there was just a suggestion and I could take it or leave it. And so, you know, that was my game. But so often people will come to me for that intuition development and they think it has to work a certain way. You know, I think most people that come to me know you're not just born with it because they're they're coming to improve it wherever they're at with it. Um, but they think it has to look a certain way. And because of that, they overlook all the ways it's already happening for them because there's not a person in this world that is not using their intuition on a regular basis. They're just not using it intentionally or they could use it more intentionally. It's there. It's happening. You can't actually really turn it off. You can just learn to look the other way and pretend it's not happening. You just explained me to a T. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what happened. That was exactly my journey. And ah. it wasn't till I did stop looking outside. Well, this is this and this. And I went, did on that deep, deep inner work that I went, oh, okay. And that light bulb moment and everything. It wasn't like you just wake up one day and, oh, okay, now my intu intuition's working. It's It really was something I... Like, oh, as I work with my clients, I'm like, wow, this <laughs> it's all coming yeah. through now. But I needed to do my own work first and go in, inward. And that was that was the big, huge shift for me. Yeah. And I often say, too, you said 
two or three things in there that I all want to follow up on. So I'm going to try to be as linear as my brain will allow. <laughs> it's not usually how it works. But you said a couple of things in there. And one is, I think that inner work is key. Because I know for me, a lot of what blocks the intuition is your your baggage, your stuff, you know? And the clearer and and more, you know, aligned that you are, the stronger and more direct the message and the less, you know, projection you make, the less noise there is. And so for me, a lot of it was cleaning up the noise. A lot of it was and continues to be, you know, allowing myself to stay in my own lane and recognize I'm not responsible for anybody else's feelings, thoughts, you know, anything like it's, it's really truly all about me and the best way to empower others is to buy, you know, get out of their space. All of those things have helped clear the channel for me. And and one of the reasons why I became a counselor in doing all this work is I recognized for me, working on some of that unresolved stuff and, and making peace with it and releasing it and even knowing what was there up until now so that, you know, I knew what was my reactions and my triggers and what was my guidance was huge. It was huge. And so I really encourage people, you know, at a certain stage of their journey to be mindful of that because, you know, I think the single best way to connect with your intuition is sometimes to feel through what it is not and uh, let go of some of that. Mm, I completely agree. And for me too, it was the, that need to be right as I'm working with a client, (laughs) right? Like, oh, is this right? And then that questioning, so the ego and then the, there's a fear around connecting to something so powerful. At least there was for me. And I wanted it, but I was, you know, you always hear the, you hear the stuff on the outside. Well, don't do this and don't do that because of dark and light. I'm like, gosh, I'm just, and there was just knowing in me that always knew that I just don't deal with dark. I just work with light. Right. It was just kind of that that thing for me. But the biggest thing for me was like, okay, well, I can do this reading and I can help this person. But am I, am I right? Is it right? And that was what I needed to come over and step out of my own way and just allow what needs to come through. And then the client gets to do what they want with it and allow them to grow with it. And that's, that was huge. Amen. And, you know, before we went live, I did my little prayer that I always do before sessions, before everything. And I think we've even done it on the show a couple of times when we've done readings, but a critical piece of the little prayer I always set to set the energy and to get me in the zone is I release attachments to the outcome of this work. And there's a lot going into that one little piece. And, you know, that was probably the one that I got snicked over the most because I always kind of feel into, you know, where I am with respect to it as I'm saying it. Um, But part of letting go of the outcomes is recognizing it doesn't matter how it lands. You know, I trust the guides. I trust my higher self. I trust myself as a conduit to the best that I can show up today. And then I get out of the way and I let her, I let her flow. And when, obviously when we have those intuitive hits that totally resonate and someone says, oh my God, did you Google me? And you're just like, you know, it's fun. It's really fun. It's cool. I'm so grateful to get to play this really fun game that I get to play every day with my clients and on my podcast and it's fun. Um, But I'm not hung up on it. You know, I'm not hung up on it. And there's other times when you say like something and they're like, nope, that's not it. That's not me. And and you keep going. You keep going because it's not about being right or wrong. It's just about letting that channel flow. And I think that's just another way in which the ego can sometimes try to clog the pipes. 
Yes. And then developing that relationship with yourself, right? So you do know you, I can tell when I'm with a client, the ego starts coming in at now and I can say, oh, there it is. I, I almost start getting tired. Like, oh, I start getting ah. exhausted. And then I can stop for a minute, step over the ego aside, say, thank you very much later. And then all of a sudden my energy just lifts up again and becomes light. So you start to feel as you develop that relationship with yourself and to know yourself, right? Most important relationship you'll ever have. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> we, speak the, we speak the same words. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, for sure. And I love that. And I love again, that you're demonstrating that felt sense, that, that sense of like, you know, a lot of it is I can feel when it's flowing. I can feel when it's not, I can feel for years before I gave intuitive readings, but would dabble in, you know, having other people give readings to me. I would always notice kinesthetically when they left the flow and went into their ego. I could just feel it. I could feel it. I would just know. And I try to, you know, give that to myself too. And no, you know, one's going to be a hundred percent friends and neither of us, I hope I can speak for you in this, are prescribing that you're going to live 24 seven in soul. You know, the ego is there and the ego is not even universally bad in my estimation. The ego is your personality. It serves a very good purpose. It's just, you have to become the master of it rather than having it be the master of you. And you also have to be aware of your conditioning because the ego is highly conditioned. And so at times, you know, that conditioned self is going to be pulling you away from that higher alignment. And in those moments, it's just being aware. It's just being aware. And then you just gently, lovingly redirect your attention back to the flow, to the stream, to the alignment with your highest and truest self. Yeah, that's beautifully said, Victoria. And I know for myself, it's the connection to heart. And you feel it. You just feel that like it just becomes overflowing and you know you're working from there. And so when I'm working with a client, I can feel this just buzzing in here. Aww. And when it stops, I'm here. And it's my breath that gets me back into my heart. So my breath I work with to get me into that place where I keep my channel open. And yeah, so it's heavy and dense energy, I guess, will keep me down and then a lighter energy. So if I feel kind of more heavy or dense, I know I'm in my head. If I'm a little bit lighter, then I know in my heart and everything that's coming through. You can kind of feel like it is a trans state, but you're not in a trans state, if that makes sense. Yes. And I want to talk about that too. So hang on to that thought. But before we get there, I want to say too to listeners, you know, we're going to describe our experiences like where we feel energy, how we feel energy and take what resonates and let the rest go because it's so unique, right? It's going to be different for everyone. And one of the things that I do when I teach intuition development sometimes is that I can sort of feel into what other people's processes, right? So I can say like, oh, when you feel like that, that's your intuition, right? And people would be like, wait, what? Oh yeah. And some of you already know, of course, but because I have that ability. And because I've been doing this for so long, I'm here to tell you it is a hundred percent different for everyone. And even though we teach these things called there's the five clairs and or six clairs, I don't know. <laughs> there's five senses, five clairs. There we go. But again, even though we teach these categories, because our brains love categories, and I'm not against categories because they are usefully helpful. In my estimation, your intuition is a thousand percent unique. It speaks to you uniquely. It will change and grow over the course of your life. And it is your special gift, you know, of your soul to this world. And so once you start to figure out what's special, unique, joyous about you, 
you know, you will suddenly realize how this has been happening for you all along and all of the gifts that you have innately there will, will come to the forefront. And that's a magical thing. I love that you said that. And so, so important because that was the big thing for me was, oh, there's one way for it to be. And that to realize that we are individual. Um, And I think that's, well, that is what guided me into a path of working more with energy as it became more individualistic rather than the tech. Yeah. So, because I can tell you feel, see, and sense energy. I don't know if you see it, but you see it, if that makes sense. Like when I tune into your energy. It's, it's interesting how you do it, but you do it right. And you know, like some people see auras, some people feel or like it doesn't just like anything else in life. It's not about doing what somebody else does. It's about learning to do you to the best of, you know, your ability. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And that's where the fun starts too. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. But I want to change gears a little bit because you brought up something else and it's just another fun little tangent to go on. You brought up the kind of trance state because I do feel that the deeper we go into connecting, especially in the kind of work that we do, connecting with your intuition, it is kind of an altered state of awareness. And for me, it's just, I've just one of those people that naturally goes in and out of alternate states of awareness for better or for worse. And so it was always very natural and normal to me. And, you know, for some too, it can be a trauma response where you learn to do that from early trauma. I don't, I don't know in my own case, I'm not going there today, but, but anyway, like, so for me, it's really, really kind of natural to go in and out of these states. But I know that a lot of the really popular healing modalities out there right now um, like hypnosis, which is kind of an old one, microdosing, or even, you know, stronger earth medicine, breath work, right? All of those things do get you into that kind of altered state. And I want to talk a little bit about the role of these altered states in healing in connecting with our intuition and also maybe the limits of them. So to throw you a curveball, what do you think about all of that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. The altered states. I go into an altered state really, really easy at this point um, now, but I was a hard nut to crack. I used to call myself and it started for me with my dreams and going in and out of body, traveling and getting into the altered state. I feel because in my waking state, I was in that resistance. Moving through that and having the experiences through dreams, there's a space you go into when you're dreaming called the hypnagogic state, right? It's that state right before sleep paralysis. And it's a platform and you can really create your half awake, half asleep. And I started working with it, the altered states in that space. Moving into ceremony with plant medicine was the one that just blew it open for me. And I really just have now no problem just going into with clients when I'm taking into that, I am a transpersonal hypnotherapist, so I can lead them into that deep, relaxed state. And they do experience, you know, the buzzing and the um, elevated type of feeling, uh, breath work. So 
again, there you're looking at another place where there's just no right way to go into it or no wrong way. I think right. as you get more familiar with it, it's easier just to snap into it. Right. Yeah. And again, for someone like me, I've never really been interested in the tools for getting into it because <laughs> I just go, I'm I'm not a tough nut to crack. I'm easily hypnotized. And, and I did some hypnosis training, very mild years ago, just because I kind of was like, wow, I, I do a lot of guided visualizations and I think I'm hypnotizing my clients and, you know, maybe there's, it's like dangerous and I need to know. And, and the, the teacher that I had was very kind and saying, no, pretty much people go in and out of trance all the time. And of course you're hypnotizing your clients, <laughs> like therapy is hypnosis. And, you know, so it's a, it's a good thing that, you know, you know, how to use that space appropriately, which I was already doing because I was using it intuitively. So my guides are way smart, but for me, it's just, it's easy. And I actually have to be, you know, mindful the other way and be really, really careful about not overdoing it because I will, you know, up until now, not so much anymore, but there was a time in my life where, you know, I needed to practice being here, not there. But I do think for a lot of people, a lot of those sorts of practices, breath work, hypnosis, plant medicine, they really do sort of crack open the door a little bit, you know, to see beyond the veil in a way that maybe, you know, people have personalities are constructed so tightly that they haven't allowed themselves to peek there. And once that door starts to get opened and you know what's there, then you you, you know where it is and you can start to work the latch yourself. Sure. It gives you a moment of validation in a sense, which is what we're all looking Ooh. for in the beginning. Like, oh, yes, I'm validated. I saw this. This happened. The experience, right? Oh, tell me more about that because I never thought of it that way. Well, I've had some pretty amazing experiences where, you know, I have seen spiritual beings as I'm seeing you right now. And so that was, once that kind of started coming in, I was like, oh, of course I was right. <laughs> Validation of the knowing. So I feel like once you start having the serendipities, the synchronicities, yeah. paying attention to all that stuff, you start realizing there's more than just being human and living in this human world. The trick for me was to stay grounded and to build that bridge between spirituality and the human world. And it was also really important for me to be solid in this, to not be all woo-woo, but to be solid, be taken seriously, and then hone in on my gifts. So when I started receiving the validation of it, I was no longer concerned about what people thought of me, the judgment, the solidness. I just knew that's who I was. Yeah. I think at a certain point, we all reach that tipping point when you're doing this kind of work. For me, it was just recognizing how my life was getting better so much. And there was so much external validation. I was lucky because we don't always get that right out of the gate. But I did that whatever I was doing, people literally said to me, whatever you're doing, you need to keep doing that. You know, So it was huge. It was huge. So I was like, okay, you know, sure, I'm talking to spirit guides now. and But apparently everyone thinks it's a good thing. So that I was really fortunate. But you talked to about, you know, needing to get all that grounded. And I think that that's super important, especially when we're talking about things like breath work and really, you know, intense healing experiences and, you know, earth medicines. Because I think sometimes what happens is that people chase the spiritual experience outside of their lives right? They chase it. They want to escape the day-to-day -day life, find it there. And 
there are times when I think that that's appropriate a little bit, not the escaping, but the the breaks. I mean, we we dream for a reason. We sleep for a reason. You know, we need to replenish and, and reconnect to source at least some of the time. But we're also, you know, in agreement as spiritual beings having a human experience. We are having a human experience. And so for me, everything that I teach and everything that I've been given for myself, for my clients from the outset of the work that I do together today was that your primary spiritual purpose and mission is to be here. And while there are probably some beings, you know, humans that are here to hold, you know, certain vibrations in the planet by meditating on the top of a hilltop their entire lifetimes, 24 seven, um, those aren't usually the people that I meet <laughs> and the people that I meet that want to meditate for 15 hours a day, it is often a, a sign of escapism, right? Or it can be. And even if we do feel called, I'm not against meditating for 15 hours a day. If you feel called to do that, my friends, you do that. But then you're probably not listening to this podcast because you're probably meditating right now. (laughs) But, you know, if you feel called to do something like that, you know, it's totally fine. But I just think it's always important to recognize that even when we go for those other experiences, those out-of-body experiences, the shamanic journeys, you know, the earth medicine, the hours of meditation, the breath work, it's always to bring that information home to your life and, you know, to live with more divine connection and purpose because life is your spiritual practice first and foremost. Yes. So beautifully said. Wonderful. Wonderful. And that's one of the things I do is work with integration. So regardless if integration is with plant medicine or a past life regression or a reading, how do we integrate that into our lives so that we can function? If we are using it as an escape, we can probably look at that for some as living in a survival struggle mode rather than moving into that freedom and high vibrational. And that's what I do. And that's just metabolizing our emotions are what we experience in a way that works for us because everything is an experience, right? Everything to look at it that way, like, oh, I'm having this experience of anger today. How lovely opportunity. Right. Shifting that. And so integrating is so important in every area and learning how to do that. And that's what I teach. And tell me a little bit more about integrating because that sounds really potent and powerful. What are some of the tools or ways that you help people to do that? I work with creating expansion in the body. So if we're not integrating, we're pretty much in resistance. And if we're in resistance in the body, we're not living authentically. And so allowing those uncomfortable feelings, that uncomfortable stuff. And believe me, you, I was uncomfortable with connecting with the spirit world pieces that I'm like, whoa, who am I? And to be able to just allow that to run through you to create expansion with breath, meditation, light language. And as you create the expansion, you shift to that connection, which is love. And it begins integrating. You begin looking at yourself differently. Emotions come in, the uncomfortability. Oh, uncomfortability, wonderful growth, rather than, oop, let's get rid of that. I need to run or take a pill. And so I think that's where the escape would come in rather than the allowance. So it's resistance to allowance. Got it. Did that answer that? (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And beautifully said. And I think to me too, it's also this searching for something out there. It's another symptom of searching for something outside of myself rather than recognizing it's all already inside myself. It's already 
in there. It's there. And, and some of these things can help us, you know, release a little bit so that we can feel it more, but it's, it's not a substitute for your daily life, right? No, it's to support you in your daily life and in being who you are. And yes, and in living with less resistance or learning to deal with the natural resistance that happens because it's just, you know, we're human and, and some things feel good and some things don't feel good. And I've always been told, and this is one that I've been chatting with my guides a lot over the last couple of years. And I don't even think I totally have grasp the full information that they're trying to provide me. And they're laughing really hard right now. So I don't know what that means, but, (laughs) but it's that, it's that feeling of, you know, you don't chase the discomfort. Some people are like, Oh, I got to get out of my comfort zone. And I'm not against cold plunges. I'm not against anything, but you don't do it for the sake of doing it. It's like, it's like seeking out hardship. You don't get a badge for doing it, but when it naturally arises, then you start to be present. You start to make a choice and you start to ask yourself from that inner place. Okay. You know, what's going on right now? What's the next best course of action? How can I love myself through this? How can I grow from this? Right. And none of that to me either is jumping into the pool, you know, with the emotion, which has been my tendency up until now. Right. My guys were showing me the other day, I was thinking about something and there was some anxiety around it. And I was like, I got to like feel that. And they're like, wait, stop. They're like, if you're on like a tightrope 20, you know, miles above the canyon, are you going to? jump off so you can see how deep it is. <laughs> you get to just be aware of where you are, be aware of what's happening and, you know, just keep your step. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Awareness is your power. It was really powerful. Right. Yeah. And I think for me up until that moment, you know, but I think it's not just me. There's a confusion. Sometimes feeling our feelings means diving into the pit. And you know, if you find yourself in the pit, it's okay. Give yourself a big hug and eventually, you know, you'll find your way back up. It's all good. Um, but you don't have to dive into it. You just have to be aware of it. You have to be aware of it. You have to let it be there and you have to love yourself through it when you feel yourself sinking a little bit. That's it. Yes. It's on my, my website. Awareness is your power, right? Yeah. And then the allowance is the integration. And I, by no means walk around like, Oh, I mean, I get on the freeway and, Oh yeah, there's anxiety. There's, you know, all this stuff going on. And so you're, you're right. This is, you're being human. And so allow yourself to be human without judging it is huge. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. I'm looking at the time and getting sad as I always do when I'm having these great conversations. But as we start to wind down, I ask everybody on the show, and we've kind of touched on it, but I don't think we've fleshed it out quite enough. I ask everybody on the show, how do you experience your intuition? I experience my intuition. It's just my knowing. I see now and I hear. And the hearing is not a voice like I hear you, Victoria, speaking to me. It is a very soft voice. And I need to get quiet and sit in the energy of nothingness and stillness. It's very important. And then I write. So my intuition comes through and through my hand. I then, a lot of times my lips will start vibrating. And that's when the light language comes out. And so being in my body, feel the vibration. From there, I can write. I can speak however it needs to come through. So being in the stillness and the nothingness is how I feel my, my intuition, like my body's buzzing right now. And it's so funny. Your guides must be funny because I can't get the smile off. (laughs) (laughs) They're just just laughing. 
they're just cracking us up. Uh, It's adorable. No. And it's funny when you talk, the image that I have is it's almost like, okay, you're like, okay, I'm ready now. You plug in and then you just, it comes, whatever wants to come through, comes through how it wants to come through. You've kind of shut down the brain. So you're not really worrying about how it comes through. You're just plugged in, you're ready, you're present, and then it's going to flow. And I think that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And we don't have too much time to play with light language because that's a whole nother conversation. We've had some light language channelers on the show. And maybe if I can get you back for a Facebook live the week this comes live, we can play light language a little bit. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Light language. It's new for me. It's amazing. And I talked to the last guest that channeled light language too, because for me, I, I do not do that. But for years, sometimes my guides will speak to me or speak in a language that I do not know. It doesn't sound exactly like light language, but it has a similar cadence. And it's been for years. And it's always like, I know that I don't know with my mind what's being said, but I know that when they say it, it's transmitting information or energy to me or to my client. So when I learned about light language, I was so excited because I was like, oh, maybe that's what it is, but I don't know. I listened to my light language because I have created meditations with it right before we got on our conversation just to bring myself into this. So yeah, Yeah. let's pivot there now. You have these meditations on your website, right? I know our mutual friend Lisa raves about them. Yes, they're so good for just balancing yourself and just getting out of that sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic. So you can go on there and just fill out a thing and then I'll send you the copy. All right. And where are they going on? Now's the time where you get to tell everyone oh. where they can find you. Uh, my <laughs> website is lwsamphire.com. S-A-M-P-H-I-R-E. Beautiful. All right. And we'll have all that in the show notes and we'll have all that on the socials. So you'll have lots of opportunities to find Linda. Beautiful. And can you tell people, I know we talked a little bit about programs in the beginning, but can you give people a quick flavor of different ways that they could work with you if they feel so inspired? Yeah, I run a three-month consciousness program, and we work on just aligning ourselves with the heart and creating expansion in the body. And whether that is through plant medicine or breath work or meditation, it's individual for each client and what feels right for them. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. Okay, so you're going to find all that information in the show notes. Uh, Linda, is there any other parting words that you want to share with listeners before we say goodbye? Yeah, you know, as we just align with ourselves and our heart, it's just a natural progression for intuition to come in. So it's not something we try to do. It's just, it's love. It is love, a vibrational sense. And so my heart is just pouring out right now. And I just feel so grateful to be here and be speaking to you, Victoria, and your listeners. And I promise, promise, promise you, align here in that relationship with yourself and intuition will come in. A thousand million billion percent. I love that so much. Yes. Linda, thank you so much. This conversation was so much fun. I am so blessed to get to do what I get to do. And I'm glad I got to do it with you today. And listeners too, thank you all for tuning in. Check out Linda's information. Write us a five-star review, whatever you, whatever you want to do, but mostly just keep listening because we love being here for you. Have a wonderful day and namaste. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you found joy, strength, inspiration, and clarity from today's episode. 
If you'd like to learn more and connect with an amazing group of like-minded souls, please join us over on Facebook in the Intuitive Connection Community Facebook group, where we explore these topics in deeper detail, have additional live teachings, and host Facebook Lives with our amazing guests. I hope to see you there. And of course, if you want to learn more about me or the work that I do, please check out my webpage, victoriashawintuitive.com. Thank you so much again and namaste. If you're inspired by the teachings of Dr. Wayne Dyer, you will love the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast with Nadia Dela Cruz. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. My name is Nadia Dela Cruz, and I started the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast to explore spiritual topics like manifestation and meditation with guests who share their own stories of insight, awakening, and transformation. Listen now on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.